All right, well, praise the Lord. I'm glad to see you out. Let me give you some updates real quick on some things. You probably saw some of the schedules. Remember, on Sunday, December 23rd, there is one service at 11 o'clock. Going to be a great service. We'll protect the, uh, the communion elements together. Then the Wednesday in between Christmas and New Year's, there is no service. The service on Sunday, December 30th is at 11 a.m. also. Just one service. Then we're going to come back and on um, Wednesday, January 2nd of 2013, we're back on regular schedule, okay? And so I'm going to just real briefly tell you a few things. On December 30th, guys, we're going to talk about a, a, a fast again. And some of you say, man, I, I, I've never heard about a fast. Well, that's why we want you to come out. I believe this is one of the most significant things we do as a church, but also individually. What happens with a fast? I believe at times it unlocks the doors that other things we've tried to do hadn't unlocked. Something supernaturally happens, guys. And, and I, I wish I could tell you I've fasted all my life. I hadn't. I hadn't. Have you ever gone on a 40-day fast, Pastor? No, I haven't. I haven't. I do fast periodically throughout the year and stuff, and I see the significance of it. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you it's going to be good. So that's the upcoming weeks. That's not tonight. Go with me if you got your Bible to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15, Genesis then Exodus. And we're going to give you another mindset tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about a mindset called discipline. And the word discipline itself means a state of order. A state of order that's maintained by training and control. Now, I like the word it says there, it's maintained. So when we talk about discipline, guys, discipline is not a one-time effort. Discipline is not a one-day, a a one-week. No, discipline is to maintain over the long haul where it becomes a lifestyle. And you can think about this a lot of times when we hit January 1, people have this great thought of discipline. A New Year's resolution. What's most people's New Year's resolution? I'm going to lose weight. I am going to the gym. Do you know they say gym membership goes up over 50% the start of every year? Lean, mean, and fit to be seen. I'm going to the gym. And how long does that normally last? Maybe a month with most people. And then they're like, eh, nah, nah. And so you begin to see right here what happens with discipline now. When you have discipline, it'll be diligence, and when you have diligence, it'll be discipline. Look with me real quick, and we're going to move here just for a second. Exodus 15, verse 26. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of your Lord, your God. And remember, if you diligently, to diligently heed the word of God, really, that's, that's a daily basis. That's something I got to do daily. How many of you like to eat? Every one of us. How many of you eat at least one meal a day? Two meals, three meals, four, five. Sometimes we just snack all day. My point in saying that is, and you've heard me say this before, we're very good at feeding our natural body three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we starve to death. Now look what he says here. If you will diligently heed the voice of the Lord and do what is right in his sight 
and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. So he's telling us his benefit package, and it happens as a person that I obey. That obedience gets in my heart. Now, look over into Deuteronomy. A few more books to your right. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I don't say those to impress you with how much I know the Bible. That's for me. I have to say them to know where I'm going. <laughs> Some of you might understand that. So when I say those things, a lot of time it's for my good. Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs, it describes discipline as a path to wisdom, to understanding, and life. Proverbs 12, 27 says, Diligent is man's precious possession. Now, let me ask you something. How many of us have ever viewed diligence as a precious possession? I don't know that I have, but you know what diligence says? Faithful. Faithful. He just keeps on. He just keeps on. Keeps on. Now, that's a word for some of you tonight. I don't care where you're at. Don't give up, okay? Just stay diligent in the things of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 9. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself. Least you forget the things your eyes have seen, and least they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. Now he tells us here, take heed to myself and diligently do this. Because he said if you don't diligently do this, what ends up happening is we start falling away. Every one of us, that's just human nature. If I don't keep the things of God before me, I'm going to fall away. The, the message says, stay alert. Keep close watch of yourself and stay vigilant. Now, turn over just a couple more pages to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Now, this is a chapter, guys, that the first 14 verses talk about the blessings the next, verse 15 through 61, I think exactly the chapter 69 verses. But those next 15 through like 61, it talks about the curse. I really don't like to know about the curse. But you're going to see right here, the blessings come when I obey. The curse comes when I live in a life of disobedience. Now pick up with me in verse number 1 of Deut Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Now, he's, he's instructing us here toward obedience. And when I and listen to the instruction of obedience here, guys, it leads me to a life of fruit. It's going to lead me to a life of blessing. Are you guys getting hot in here? Okay. You can cut the heat, whoever's going to do that, because I'm going to lose weight up here. I'm in... All right, now, verse number 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And so right here, guys, we, we don't do anything to work for salvation. We only get salvation by grace, but something happens when I keep obeying the Scriptures, when I obey what Father God has told me to do, and this is where it leads right here. To the blessings for every one of us. Now, human nature, and this is what happens with each one of us. We want what we want whenever we want it. But God wants us to practice self-control. Now, self-control to me is just another word for diligence and obedience. One of the fruits of the Spirit 
you find in Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of self-control. Now, I don't know about you, but every one of us in here, we have certain weaknesses in our life where we need self-control. We need discipline. That may be with my tongue. You got a problem with your tongue, I'm going to tell you right now. We need to have the Word of God bring some self-control in us. Maybe you have a weakness with your appetite. Oh, pastor, don't get over on that. Well, you know what the Proverbs say? If you're given to appetite, slit your throat. I didn't say that. (laughs) But once again, guys, you begin to see what the Scriptures say. What about spending? Man, I overspend and I overspend. So the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And every one of us in here probably need the fruit of self-control somewhere in life. At times, guys, I look at the fruit of self-control as maybe the greatest character aspect of any of those besides love. I'm going to tell you right now, when I look at the nine fruits of the Spirit that you find there, that you'll see that that the bookends are love and self-control, I believe, more and more. More and more. But each one of us, guys, we've got to learn to practice self-control. Now, I'll tell you right now, the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll empower you, but you're going to have to walk it out, okay? Now, look back in the New Testament to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let's go a little bit farther on this tonight to really help us. Not only to, to, to fulfill the things of God that he has for us this month, we're fixing to start a new year. And you know what? I, I think New Year's resolutions are a great thing. But, man, we've got to ask God to come in and help us. Ask the Lord to come in. Man, begin to purpose in your heart and say, Lord, help me. I, I, I need some discipline. I need some self-control in my life. In many, many areas. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Now, when we read this a lot of times, we have the mentality that, man, the things that are coming after me right now, they're just too much. They're just too hard. They're just too difficult. And a lot of times, we think as human beings that we're special. We have an isolated case that no one knows what I'm going through. I mean, a lot of times when you say, well, man, you just need to obey the Word of God and do this. You know what people say? Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. But if I look what the Scripture says here, the things that we go through, they're common to man. It's common to every one of us, so you don't have an isolated case. Now, if you'll notice the next word, it's the word but. Look what he says here. But God is faithful. The message says God will do his part. You know what that means? I got a part too. Now look what the word says here that God will do. It says that he is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So you know what this tells me right here? God's not going to allow you to be tempted in excess. In other words, he will not allow you to be tempted over and above anything you can't handle. And some of you are thinking right now, i got to be to the limit right now. i I, I got to be to the top. I, man, I'm, I'm there. Well, maybe you are. But listen, it's not in excess right here. He's telling us, and God set the rules. So whatever you're going through, just realize this. I can handle it through God. 
God's going to help me. He's going to help you. And look what he goes on to say in the last part of verse 13. Again, there's another but. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or to endure it. I want you to look at something real close. He said, but with the temptation. You know what that tells me right there? He's not just going to take that away. You're going to have to go through it with the temptation. Actually, Isaiah 43, 2 says that when you go through the rivers, he'll be with you. When you go through the waters, he'll be When you go through the fire. Now, I want you to, to get a hold of the word through. You're going to have to go through those things. And God's going to help you. And this is what he says here. He said, he'll make a way for you to be able to endure it. Where you can bear. You know what that tells me? He's going to help me overcome this. Part of this, guys, falls back to me in self-discipline. That I keep getting up every day. And I keep praying. And I keep standing. And I keep speaking to the mountain. And I keep doing the things that God's asked me over and over and over. Now, once again, guys, I want you to see here, you're not going to get out of it. I'm not going to get away. I'm going to go through that thing. But what ends up happening is when you go right through a temptation and God helps you, man, it builds your faith. I mean, when God helps you overcome something, you get that on the inside of you and you realize, I had to persevere. I couldn't quit. I have to keep standing. But I'm going to tell you, the next time something happens, man, you can fall back on your memory and think, I remember when I used the name of Jesus. I remember, I remember, I remember. And so these are some of the things. Now look look over to uh, 2 Corinthians 10. We're in 1 Corinthians 10. Look over to 2 Corinthians 10. Just a book over there. You know, in James 2.17, it says that with, with faith, or faith without works, is dead. And every time I look at that, faith without works dead, one translation says faith without corresponding actions is dead. Faith without obedience is dead. Now, once again, my faith is in God. My trust is in God. But my obedience comes to what I'm going to do. What am I doing on a daily basis? Do I do the word of God on it? Do I get the word on the inside? Do I speak the word? See, this is big for each one of us. 2 Corinthians 10, look, look at verse number 3 here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And some of you may say, well, what does that mean? Well, we walk in the flesh. This is how I walk every day in my flesh. But I do not war according to the flesh. In other words, I don't war with, with sticks and swords and, and the things of this world. Now look what he goes on to say, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of the flesh, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now. Look, look real close. He said, they're mighty in who? They're mighty in God. God's going to empower us. God's going to help us. So what's my part? Look what he says, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. One translation says theories and reasoning. So when I have the word of God over here and I know what the word of God says, when thoughts, reasons, and theories are coming against the Word of God, 
I got to cast them in. I can't grab on them. I got to stay where I look and say, this is what God's word says. I don't care what professor so-and-so says. I don't care what Darwin said. I mean, I believe in the Big Bang Theory, guys. I do. You know what it is? God spoke and bang, it happened. I believe in that stuff. But it all falls back to the kingdom of God. I got to see the word of God, okay? And this is what he's talking about here. So he says, anything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, look what he says. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought into the captivity by the obedience of Christ. Now, what he's saying here is I've got to bring every thought into the obedience or the structure of the life that Jesus shaped for us. I've got to look at it through the eyes of the Word of God. What did Jesus do? And it says bring every thought into captivity. Now think about this, guys. If I entertain thoughts in my mind, that's the beginning point of everything. When you start entertaining that thought, just think about this. You get up early tomorrow morning and you start entertaining a thought. I'm going to tell you, if you don't cast that thought down or capture it, like the Bible says, as the day goes on, that, that thought is going to get bigger. And, and you're going to keep gravitating to that. And I can tell you this in, in this example in my own life. When I, was a, when I was an alcoholic and I had huge problems with it, I would remember getting up in the morning and I may have just a small thought about having a drink. And if I entertain that thought, by about 10 in the morning, that thought would start getting a little bigger. And by lunchtime, it got real big, and before long, it would reel me in. What happened there, guys? I didn't capture the thought, and I didn't replace it with the Word of God. How do I do that? When that thought comes, guess what happens? If you don't capture it and start speaking the Word, this is what the Word says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I do not have to yield to that in the name of Listen, guys, you can't ignore the thought. You've got to capture it. Now, every stronghold, guys, it begins in the mind. That's where every stronghold, and the ultimate goal of that stronghold is to get you in bondage. So there comes a discipline that i got to start getting in the Word of God, and i got to start listening to the Word of God, and i got to allow the Word of God to change my things. Listen, if you meditate on something long enough, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Now, here, here's a little, and it's, it's a song, but I'm not going to sing it to you. I'm just going to say it to you. And many of you have heard me say this before. It says, how is your thought life? Have you been dating the devil? Have you been going steady with him? Have you and the devil been romancing? Break up with that cat. He's a dirty old rat. All he want to do is ride your back. He'll get you down, down, down. And treat you just like a dirty old hound. Don't listen to the devil because he's a liar. All he wants to do is try and destroy you. Now listen, listen real close. Cast down those thoughts that the devil brings. Use your shield of faith and you'll always win. Don't treat the thought like it never came. But cast it down in Jesus' name. Oh yeah. That's true. 
See, I can't, I can't ignore the thought like it never happened. i got to take captive. And so much of that becomes I begin to discipline myself and, and, and begin to speak the word. See, every area in your life that you're having issues with, begin to speak the word of God to it, okay? Really, all that is is, is Romans 4.17. It's calling those things that be not as though they are. You've got to start speaking the word to it. Now, I can get back over to my life, and I don't mind doing it. I mean, I, I was a good sinner. But even with the area of alcohol, when those thoughts would come, I had to discipline myself to speak Colossians 1.13. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. Not that he's going to. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. So when that thought would come, I would begin to say, uh-uh, I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. You've already delivered me out of the power of darkness. And so all that is, is beginning to say what the Word of God says. You've got to find scriptures, guys. You've got to find, because what will happen, your mind will begin to meditate on those things. It will begin to listen, and ultimately, you're going to do it. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 9. Back to 1 Corinthians 9, and I know I'm taking you all over the place. 1 Corinthians 9. I think this is going to help you right here, just as far as the area of, of discipline. Look with me in verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run? But one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. The Amplified says, so run your race that may, you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Now, you know what that means to run in it? You're going to have to persevere. You can't quit. You just keep speaking. That's why even in, in Mark 11, uh, 23, it says, and whoever will say to the mountain, just keep speaking to the mountain. What am I speaking? Speaking by faith. Speaking the word of God. Keep speaking. Verse number 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now that word or the phrase is temperate in all things. It means he exercises self-control. You know what the Amplified says? He restricts himself. He disciplines himself. Verse 26, or at the end of verse 25. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown or an eternal crown. Now, I want you to note in verse 26 and 27, the eyes. Therefore, I run, thus not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. I discipline my body. I'm going to tell you right now. One of the best prayers you can say is, Lord, help me today. Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me today. And he said, I discipline my body. Now, note, note what he says. Bring it into subjection. Bring it into subjection. Now, you know what that tells me right there? Number one, that if I don't bring it into subjection, it's capable of getting out of subjection. So once again, I play a part in this. You play a part here. Keep reading, he says. And when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And what, what he's talking about here, guys, is athletes who break the rules, they get disqualified. i got to be disciplined where I don't break the rules. And so he's talking about self-discipline. He's talking about self-control. And I live that way. And this was the Apostle Paul. Each one of us can do it. You know what happens? Every sacrifice is based on preference. Every sacrifice is based on preference. It comes to discipline. 
You know, uh, it, would, it would never cease to amaze me that my old job, a lot of times I'd get called out to work at 4 or 5 in the morning, and I would be driving by the street, and I would see people out running early in the morning, getting their miles in. I mean, I looked and I thought, look how disciplined they are. Look how disciplined. And the next week I'd get called, and the same people they would be out. This, this is a, a, a physical example what about spiritual? And I've got to discipline myself on a daily basis where I get, I get the best vitamin, the multivitamin I can. It's called the Word of God. I've got to get the Word in me every day. And there'll be things that will pertain to your life as far as Scripture. Take a double shot of that. I mean, get that in you and throughout the day begin to speak that. Keep speaking it and keep speaking it. And don't give up. Just keep speaking the word. You know what? Uh, there in Isaiah it says, The word of God shall not return void. It shall not return void. Now, one more passage maybe. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. As, as, as you're turning there, uh, discipline play, pays great dividends, but so does the lack of discipline. It also pays dividends. And the thing is, we all got to know, the only way you change the dividends is by changing your choices. The word for, or the definition for a habit is an acquired pattern behavior formed by consistency and repetition. To change a bad habit, you got to replace it with a good one. And so you want to make some great change, replace it with a good one. Start getting the things of God. And you know, when people tell me, well, the word of God doesn't work. I've tried that. It doesn't work. No, the bottom line is you don't want to work. You don't want to make the effort. You don't want to do what the Word of God says to change. The Word of God will work every time when, if, if I'll apply it in every arena of life. I mean, even in marriage, I have people tell me all the, well, we're, we're not compatible. Well, welcome to the NFL. How many of us are? I mean, you look at me and Shelly, you talking about chocolate and peanut butter. I'm telling you, that Reese's Pieces, or Reese's Cup just didn't happen. The problem in a lot of marriages, well, Pastor, that, that, or that Ephesians 5.20 stuff, that doesn't work. We've tried. No, you don't want to change. You don't want, you don't want to. Sur- oh, man, are we getting on to something tonight? I don't want to. Well, I went to the gym and I didn't lose a pound. Well, how many days did you go to the gym? I went one morning. See, you look at these things, and I'm going to tell you guys when you start putting and prescribing the word and you live by the word of God, the word of God will change you, it'll, it'll reshape you. It, you know, you don't tell me it won't because you can ask my wife. I'm a walking example. You can ask my mama. I mean, they were like, what happened to you? The transformation of the Word of God. That's all I can Man, God started working on the inside of me. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 12. Sorry, Hebrews 12, verse 7. Now get here with me. We need to see this. Hebrews 12, verse 7. If you endure chastening, that word there, chastening, means training. That word chastening there means uh, developing, correcting, discipline. Now he says, if you endure it, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten, train, or correct? Now, what I want you to see here, this word that he's talking about training here, it doesn't mean punishment, guys. 
That's the last thing it means. It means to train or correct, verse number 8. But if you are without training, correcting, or discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons or not true sons. So he's saying, without training, without correction, without discipline, you're illegitimate. So you know what this tells I, I ought to celebrate when God starts correcting me. How many of you have ever had the Word of God correct you? Oh, my God, it happens on a daily basis. And I'm telling you, the Word of God begins to convict my heart. You know, we had a guy who, who was coming to the church, and he told his wife, he said, I don't like to go to church. Every time I go there, I get convicted. Well, duh. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's a good thing. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us. Yes, we have. And we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live or truly live? For they indeed for a few days chastened, corrected, or disciplined. And in some of our lives, it wasn't a few days, it was years. For they indeed for a few days corrected us as seemed best to them. But he, Father God, for our profit, that we may be takers of his holiness. Now, no chastening discipline seems to be joyful for the present. It's not a picnic. It's not something you say, oh, man, praise the Lord, I'm getting corrected today. But he says, look, but it's painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Afterward. Afterward, once again, guys, it's going to yield a fruit afterward. And so you can look at it this way. You're either going to pay now or you're going to have some severe consequences later. And we all reap the harvest of our choices. Well, I just wish, wish. No, 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 no. If you're not happy or satisfied in the areas of your life, I've got to learn to make the effort to change. Work on me, Father God. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Just keep working on me, Lord. Keep working on me. And keep discipline. See, discipline's a good thing. And I think part of our society, there is no discipline anymore. It's what I want to do, when I want to do, but I'm going to tell you guys, you have that mentality as a believer, it'll get you in trouble. Every one of us, it will get us in trouble. You better stand up. We better get out of here. Hallelujah. So, the mindset of discipline, the mindset of diligence, even in the face of whatever I'm going through. Because listen, temptations are going to come. The devil's going to do everything he can to entice you. He's going to use anything he can 